This is where I think 2017 is. We're starting a new series, by the way, called Possible. And it's a series about believing God for more, getting out of our box, getting out of our comfort zone, and really believing God for the what is maybe impossible for us, but it's only possible through Him. And uh, because I think a lot of times we're in a place where we don't believe. I think really, can I just be honest with you? I think the American church is okay with doing things that they can do on their own. And I'm not okay with that as a pastor. I'm not okay with that as a Christian. If I can do it on my own, then it's worthless. It will, it will be okay for a moment. Don't, don't get me wrong that we can do things on our own. It's okay. But I want the empowerment of God. I want God to put, take, I, want, you know, I know He wants me to go as far as I can go in the natural, but he's, He wants to put His supernatural on me. And I want, He wants to put His supernatural on us as a body, us individually, but also us as a body, that we, can get out, we need to get out of that comfort zone. And so I believe that we're, we need to even believe God for more. So, you know, what are you believing God for? I mean, I think we need to stretch our faith a little bit and believe God for what's impossible for us and really start stepping out there in faith. So the next few weeks, we're just gonna, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a series, really, it's about faith, about how to believe, how to have faith in God. You know, Jesus said something very powerful in Luke 18, verse 27. And I believe this is an invitation for us. I, I think he, he's even, not just them, but he's inviting us today to do this. He says, Jesus replied, he was asking the question, how can this be? He says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. I believe that's an invitation to believe. Because, you know, we're going into 2017, and a lot of times we're, we're critical about our beliefs, because maybe in 2016 you didn't receive something you were believing God for. Maybe in your life you haven't received those promises that you know, you know, God had told you a long time ago. And I, I really believe we just need to press in. You know, He tells us to believe what's impossible with man is possible with God. Why would Jesus say that? I mean, He wants us to know something. He told, he told an angel, told Mary, when Mary asked, how could, how could this be? How could I be pregnant? He says, nothing shall be impossible with God. In Mark chapter 9, it talks about all things, all things are possible to Him that what? That believes. I love that. All things. John 15, 5, Jesus says, apart from me, we can do nothing. So we know that. But in Him, we can do everything. In Christ, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So the, the impossible things that are, that are out of our reach, that we don't understand how this is going to happen, but God, that we need to be into that arena every single day in our life. We need to begin to believe those things like we've never believed before. And I know a lot of times we question this. We question God's promises. God, how can you? I mean, I've questioned it. You know, the doctors don't know what's wrong, really wrong with me. They just don't really know. They guess at it, you know. And they've got a good handle on some things, but they're not healing me. They can't heal me. In fact, the damage has already been done to my, 
my uh, nerves and my back. The only way it's going to be is going to be a take a but God. But I believe. But there's sometimes I question. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, Abraham and Sarah were promised a son back in Genesis 18. They promised a son, and, and, and God, the Lord, promises Abraham a son, and this is what happened. Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, Am I already worn out, and my Lord is old? Will I now have this pleasure? She was, she was saying, God, there's just no way. There's no way. See, it's easy to doubt God's plans and promises, and I think this is what's happened with us in the church. We're afraid. Uh, let me say this about leaders. Is that maybe we're afraid to s- say something that's impossible and believe God for the impossible because we're afraid of failure. Listen, I've failed so many times. I am not afraid of failure. We have to believe. I think that's a lot of times that, God, I don't want to be disappointed. Listen, don't get to that place. And here Sarah was, she was disappointed. I'm barren. You know, back then, to be barren was to, to, to a woman was to, to feel, it's, it's bad enough now in these days and age, but to, to really feel worthless. And so here in Genesis 18, she's laughing and she's, you know, saying no. And it's easy to doubt the, God's plans and his promises when they seem impossible. But God answered Sarah, and this is what he said to her in verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? After she just laughed at him, hey, is anything too hard for the Lord? And then in chapter 21, a few chapters over, God fulfilled their promise and they had a son. His name is Isaac. See, when we begin to doubt, we can ask ourselves, is this day too hard for the Lord? Because I, I feel like, you know, there's definitely doubts in our life. And, and listen, I want you to say that there's no condemnation, but we have to realize that it is a doubt. And that when it is a doubt, we have to realize, oh, I need to change that. I can doubt in myself because I am nothing without Christ, but it is nothing is impossible to God. And so I need to change that doubt and say, no, it may be impossible for me. I may not be able to see the whole thing, but God doesn't. He knows it. He can do it. Nothing is impossible. So in this day, is it too hard for the Lord? No. Is this addiction too hard for the Lord? No. Is, is this decision too big for, for God? No. Is this marriage too far gone for the Lord? No. And maybe it's hard to see past your, your present circumstances. But nothing is too hard for God. And so what I want us to do as a church is I want us to step out of our own doubting and believe God for more. And, and believe, yeah, God, you can do something incredible in my life. You can do something even greater in my finances, in my business, in my job. And we can expect that from the Lord. And we can trust God has a plan for our lives. So I'm praying, I say, God, God what's stopping us? What's stopping us from believing the, the great things? And, and, um, and I, I came up with three. The Lord gave me three things I want us to talk about today from what's stopping us from believing the impossible. And number one is that we rely on our own ability. 
It is so easy to rely on our own ability, even if you fail time after time. It's, it's something that you go back to. So we begin to rely on our own ability. And one of the things that damages our faith is that we put too much faith in what we can do instead of what God can do. Isn't that true? I mean, I put, I put my more faith in what I can do. Isn't that silly? Yeah. That I'll put more faith in what I... I'll try to make things happen. How many of you have ever tried to make things happen? It didn't turn out so good, did it? Abraham and Sarah, they are um, having this promise. And we're going to have a son. It's not happening in their time frame. So what does Sarah decide to do? I put more faith in what I can do. So I'm going to give Abraham... Sarah said, my handmaiden. Well, at least we'll have a son. The son wasn't promised to Abraham and her, his handmaiden. It was promised to Abraham and Sarah. So what does she do? She um, attempted to give God a helping hand. And it screwed up their family. Didn't it? It really messed up. Their household was in turmoil because of her lack of faith. And see, we've got to understand, when it comes to our faith, that God is not locked into our time frame. He's eternal, but his promises are yes and amen. And they are going to come. He is never late. It's going to happen. But a lot of times, because we're not seeing it when we want it, we decide to take it in our own hands. And so we try to help God accomplish the thing. How many ever did that before? How many guys were praying and believing God for something, but you wouldn't have bought it anyway? One of our friends, a long time ago, we discipled him and everything, and he came to us and um, very successful, doing very well now. But back then, he was believing God for a truck. You know, guys in trucks, there's some, there's a bond there, by the way. And um, and so anyway. You remember back a long time ago, the government got involved in the car industry, and they were giving money for clunkers. Remember that? And, and then selling you at a discounted price and everything. And, and so I, I, um, he, he comes over me. He went to the Dodge dealership and got this brand-new truck and brought it over to me, wanted to show me. And I think he was hoping I would be excited for him. So I, I don't control anybody or anything, but he asked me, what did, he, what did I think about him buying this truck? And I says, you need to take that truck back, and you need to go get your car and get out of it. I said, you can't afford that truck. He said, yeah, I can, I can afford the truck. No, you can't. He says, Sean, if I don't buy it today, the deal's going to be gone tomorrow. Let me tell you something about sales. There are always sales. Okay? Just give, you, give you a little bit of advice. That same deal will be there in a couple in a year or next week or somewhere. It is going to be there. You don't have to worry about it, and you don't have to give God a helping hand. He bought the truck anyway. Went back and bought the truck, even though I told him he, you know, I wouldn't do it. He went, and not only I was doing it, some other people were telling him not to do it. He went and bought the truck, and it was a huge disaster for him. He finally got out from under that truck. God has blessed him now. He's doing well. But sometimes we give God a helping hand because we're not patient enough. 
and we rely on our own power to accomplish things. And you've got to stop that. God will do what he promised. And what stops us from believing is this. Because we've relied on our own ability and it, we screwed up, we look back and say that was God. And we don't take credit for screwing up. This is what happened. My friend said, God told me to buy this truck. It wasn't God at all. Now, he, he now knows that. But after everything was going on and everything was falling apart, not the truck, but his life, financially, um, he, he kind of blamed God. And really, you can stop believing because you tried to do it. And it wasn't God at all. You gave God a helping hand. Malachi 3, verse 13, in the King James says, You have made it stout against me. That word stout is an old English uh, word, and it really means, really means make, you make it hard. It's probably the easiest definition. You make it hard for me. God's just telling you. You make it hard for me. We can make it hard for God to do anything because we're trying to do it all ourselves. God wants to do something great and powerful in your life today. He wants to do that in your future, and he has plans for you, but he doesn't need your help. He just needs your agreement. I agree with you, Lord. Amen? The second thing that stops us from believing for the impossible is that we go at life alone, that we're trying to do this all by ourselves, and that you and I need each other. So, we have when we're going through this and we're believing God for things, but we have no one else around us that is helping us and, and encouraging us and helping us believe God. We need to go after the Lord with all of our heart, but we also need others around us. I need people to encourage me. I need to, to, to have people around me that says, yes, Sean, I believe with you and we're praying for you and God is going to do what he promised he was going to do. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 Here's Paul, and he's asking not for somebody to come with him. He says, only Luke is with me, but, but get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful, helpful to me in my ministry. He needed, the Apostle Paul needed somebody around him. He needed encouragement. And see, what happens is a lot of times that we have this idea in our mind, and, but we never have anybody around us that are helping us with it. That's counseling us. That's, that's giving us their, the wisdom that God has in them. That's encouraging us. We need that. You know, in, in a few, few weeks, I, I think after uh, mid-February, sometime uh, second or third, probably the third Sunday in February, we're doing a new series called Weird. It's all about you. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be weird. Because as believers, we do things differently. Amen? We do things differently. And so it's all about doing things differently in your life. But, but we're going to be starting small groups and having people. Uh, maybe you need to start a small group during that time. And just it's real easy. You just go through some questions, but you facilitate this and talk about the sermon. But it's an awesome opportunity for you to be connected. We need to be connected with one another. And... and the reason we get so discouraged is because we're not really connected. 
You need their people praying for you, believing God for you. If you look at what Jesus did, he never sent anybody out alone. Why? Because you can't make it alone. Why well, I can make it, it's just me and God. No. We're called the family for a reason. We're the family of God. And we are here for each other. And I need, you need, every one of us need each other to do what God has called us to do, to believe for the apostle. Number three is that we stop pressing in to the Lord because it doesn't happen in our time frame. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 13, three, chapter 3, verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So he says, man, I haven't got it yet. And so we can probably take this, just give some liberty here, that I haven't received that promise that I'm believing God for. Okay? He says, but one thing I do. I forget what lies behind. It's very important that if you're going to believe for the promises of God, you've got to forget the failures and that you didn't get it before. You've got to leave that in the past. Because we enter into 2017 into a new year, and a lot of things that's coming up is some things that's happened in 2016. The, the, the things that didn't happen, the failures, the, even some of the successes, but it just wasn't completely there. So Paul says, I, can, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind. And he says something very interesting. I'm straining toward what is ahead. Now, straining doesn't mean, to me, doesn't mean easy. But it means, in, in a sense, but I'm, I'm going ahead, I'm moving forward, but it's hard, I'm straining, I'm getting out of where I used to be. <clears throat> that straining can be getting out of even your comfort zone because it's uncomfortable where he's going. Let me tell you something. It's so easy as a believer just to be like you've always been. It's so easy for us as a church to have nice little services that aren't interrupted by people who want to give words. But I'd rather have be interrupted. It's so easy for us just... I could, I could just preach some really good messages on how you can be cool and how you can be good and never challenge in any way. But the straining to me means that I have to get out of my comfort zone. And I don't know about you, it's not easy getting out of your comfort zone and going into something more. It's not easy to believe God for something that you can't accomplish by yourself. When everybody is looking at you and saying, yeah, right. It's not easy. But you do it. Because you know what's on the other side. You know what's on the other side, the, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know the, the, the promises of God on the other side. So I'm going to press in, no matter what has happened in my, my past, no matter how much I have been discouraged, no matter how many times I've gotten out of bed and I still need my canes, I will press in and I will press on, and I will strain for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what that is? To be perfectly in His will. That's what I want. 
I love that. And this is how we do it. In the second half of Hebrews 11, 11, it's a story about Abraham and Sarah again. It says this in verse 11, By faith Sarah, even though she was past her age, and Sarah herself was barren, it says she bore a son because she considered God faithful, who made the promise. Right before, she was laughing. So sometime, from the time she was laughing to the time she had Isaac, she considered him faithful. Will you consider God today faithful? Not just up here. But in here. And you may have to say it over and over again because it's only up here. It's not here yet because you're saying it up here, but you're laughing in here. You know, God's okay with that. Because you're, you're straining. You're pressing in. Even though I may not have it here yet, I'm having it up here. And I'm going to continue to speak. God, you are faithful. So every time I get up in the morning, God, you're faithful to your promise of my healing. And I may wake up and not believe it in here or really have to go to the bathroom. So I had to grab my canes real quickly. But um, that was too much information, wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> that I, just, I considered him faithful. What does it take to please God? It's not a trick question. What does it take to please God? Faith. You know what faith is? That I trust God more than anything else. So I consider him faithful. So somewhere between laughing and Isaac, she considered God faithful. And when she considered God faithful, that's when she received the promise. When we become convinced that he is faithful, we start pressing in and take that step into believing. Amen? We take that step. See, when we learn to give God our impossibilities, it frees God to do the impossible. And we get to reap the rewards of the impossible. Amen? In verse 12 it says, And so from this one man, as he as good as dead, came descendants, as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand of the seashore. Abraham and Sarah, they believed and received what was impossible. God rewarded their faith. Look at, look at the nation of Israel. Look at you. You are here today because of their belief. We exist today. In fact, it says all the nations would be blessed by Abraham's seed. When we believe God in our impossibilities, it frees God to do the impossible. And we reap the rewards. You got to understand, us as Christians, we already believe crazy things, right? We believe in an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-good God who created the universe, who scripted his living word for us, and who sent his son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin so that he could die on the cross for, for, so we could have forgiveness of sin, and then three days later r- raised him from the dead. 
I mean, these are monster beliefs. I mean, it's no wonder the non-believing world calls you crazy. We believe already. So why not continue that? And that's why Jesus gave us, I think, that invitation. I can do the impossible if you believe. I can do something greater if you believe. Because if we really could believe the truth of God and his promises, and we would step out in faith, and, if, and these things are true, we would see so much great things in our lives. But what the enemy wants us to do, wants us to keep us satisfied. Keep us satisfied with what is not, with what is possible, not with what is impossible. You know, we have this huge theological faith, and yet we display a small and powerless God in the church and even in our own lives. Because a lot of times we can believe God, God, I I know you can do it theologically, but not practically. My prayer is that God would make us believe. My prayer is that God would make us believe um, that earthly circumstances will never hinder his promises. You know, if you look at the word all in the Greek, in the original Greek, and you study its etymology, and you, you, you look at back, and no matter how far in history you go of this word, um, it still means all. But here's what we've done in the church. We've replaced the word all to maybe some. The Bible warns us about changing it, right? Jesus said, all things are possible. All things are possible. So a lot of times, a lot of us can't envision anything outside what seems prudent or practical in our lives. And so we don't step in and we don't press in for more and we're satisfied with what is possible. And as a result, we are doing everything possible, but nothing impossible. And that's the problem with the church in America. We do what seems logical. The things that we can do in our own strength and that we happen to happen in our comfort zone, the things that our budgets can handle. But my prayer is this year, in fact, even in the next 21 days, my prayer is that we would put our trust, our faith in God to do the impossible, that we would start straining forward, forget what was behind, and we would look forward. God, what do you want to do that's impossible in my life, that no one else could say anything other but God? And these things only happen when we press in and we hang out in his realm of thinking, his realm of doing. I want to do the impossible. I want to see God do so many things, not just in my life, but in our church and in this city and this nation. Tomorrow we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want you to be a part of this in some way. Because what you're doing, you're saying, God, I choose today. To believe that you are going to do the impossible in my life. What's not even close to possible by my own ability, you are going to do the impossible. I count you faithful. Because with God, all things are possible. 
Can you imagine what was going to happen if we get out of our comfort zone and we believe for those promises? How, how God could, could change our city. How God could change our marriages. How God could change our families. Our, how God could change our neighbors. How God can do the miraculous in your body, in your mind, and in your finances. That He could bring life to families, life to our workplaces, life to our neighborhoods. That we can live a life that's been radically changed. You know what I'm believing? I'm believing for a radical change in my life in 21 days. How far out of the box can God take you? The little box that you've been in. That little comfort zone, that little possible stuff that you've been in. How far can God take you out of that box that you start believing for more? Because I no longer want it just to settle. And I think that's where we've been. And I think that's so easy to do here in America. Just to settle. Listen, we can have a great church. I'm going to be honest with you. You can have a, what's called a great church in America without the movement of the Spirit of God. You can have good programs. You can have great, you know, pat on the back. Here, I, here you go. I, I believe in you. And those are good. And we definitely need, you know, those pat on the backs. And we definitely need great programs. And we definitely need great worship. And we need great speaking. But, you know, in America, it becomes entertainment. I don't want entertainment. I want what Paul says. It's not about the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. See, that's the only thing that lives are going to be changed. And I don't want to settle for the status quo. I no longer want to live that, that life. I want to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. Amen? And I know we all wrestle with this faith, but here's, here's a story out of Mark chapter 9. And this is my prayer, that, that we would echo this desperate father's plea to Jesus. He has his tormented son, and he brings him to Jesus in Mark chapter 9, verse 22. And he says this, the father says these words to Jesus. He says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And verse 23 says, if you can, Jesus said. <laughs> I love that. He says, come on, try me. He says, everything is possible for one who believes. And look at what happens to this boy's father. May it be us. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That was a start. Amen. Isn't that good? I, I believe this is what Jesus is looking at you today. The start of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. He's saying to you, I can. He's waiting for us, says, I believe. Help me believe even more. Help me strain even harder. Help me obtain what you have for me. Help me live a life of faith that you can do the impossible in my life. Amen? Are you guys ready for that? Amen. And I believe this is what the Lord has for us right now.
I believe. Help me overcome my belief. You know, you may be in a pretty hard predicament right now. I don't know. You may, you may have a, in a place of absolute impossibility. Or you may just be in a place everything's going great. Don't settle. Don't settle, though, this is the way of life. It's not the God kind of life. Let's step out of our comfort zone and believe. We can count on God to overcome our impossibilities. So let's press in the Lord. Let's get into groups and get people around us that's going to believe the same thing. Let's don't try to help the Lord out. He doesn't need our help. Let's don't rely on our own ability. Let's totally have faith in God. Amen?